I just want to say it's a privilege. You know, I get to be in your life, and um, I know what it's like not to have a father. And um, I, I, all I could say is he don't know what he's missing. And I'm lucky. Amen? So it was worth the hell. Amen? <laughs> you, see, you see my reaction. My reaction was like, a pair of sneakers? She really loves me. <laughs> and then I was easily transitioned to, why are you giving me your sneakers? <laughs> and the package and, and um, just all the emotions. But I can say that this had, since that day happened, there's been a shift in my heart. Um, I just sense like a, a, a bigger, deep responsibility now. It's, it's, it's like you had a whole like uh, giving birth experience with your wife, except this one is grown. Uh, it was beautiful, man. It really was. Um, God is good. I, I feel like you want me to say something, but I, I, honestly, I'm lost for words right now. Um, it's hard to speak. So many different things has been happening in my life, and I, honestly, it's, it's, it's really like, it's, it's humbling to see the hand of God. And um, the fact that you get to witness it with me is just a beautiful thing. Because when I first came, it's definitely a shift. <laughs> they won't know that unless you know me when I first came in. But it's definitely a shift, amen? <laughs> and listen, I, I make mistakes and I, and I mess up, but I still am a believer and I love God passionately. And I know that what he's doing is greater than what I can even imagine. Um, so the, the only advice that I can give you, come on, give it up. And it's crazy because I'm so young, but then I feel so old too. I feel like I'm like, you know, I'm like, listen, I'm, I've been a stepfather since I was like 21. Can you believe that? I was young. But God, you know, allowed me to do it, and it, there was no manual. The only manual that I literally had was the love that my pastor had for his children, the love that Minister Tony had for his children, the love that Julio has for his son. You know, I leaned on the men from the church to help me through. And... And to be honest with you, even if I never told them thank you, you know, they deserve a round of applause too for every single man in this house that stands up for their family and fights for their family. And even for the ones that don't have children yet, you know, the fact that they come home every day, that's that's a big deal. There's men that play games and run in and out, but you got to praise a man that is standing and it's coming and is doing what he got to do. And, you know, men, you should turn around and say thank you to your wife for standing with you even when they mess up, even when you mess up, amen? So, Gloria, hallelujah. Man, God is good. I want to preach, um, but I'm emotional, so I'm trying to control this. How do you do it, Pastor? I don't know. You're an expert at it, man. <laughs> it's like, this guy can just shut it down, but God is so good. Um, he's just amazing. And then I'm looking in the room, and I'm like, I'm seeing women cry, and I'm seeing, because we understand what it's like to have a void. Amen? Yeah. Like, oh, that is here? Oh, my God. Wow. I say, oh, my God, because you know. She's known me since I was probably like 12, maybe, maybe younger than that. No, I'm lying. Eight. She's known me since elementary school, put it like that. I still have a picture with her daughter and my mom with a big fat kiss right here. You can check my Instagram, it's there. Um, follow me at Nate's underscore worlds. I need more followers. Amen. More likes. 
Anyway, let's get serious. Let's focus. God, you're so good. Amen? Um, I, my message really today, um, you can sit, please. My message really today has to do with um, something I feel that God has been speaking to the body. Um, on Friday, uh, pastor confirmed it. I don't know if you were here on Friday. If you were here on Friday, raise your hand. All right. All right. So you got to see what I saw when pastor was up here speaking in tongues. I want to say that very clear. I want to say that. I want to, I want to, you were here when he was, you was, you saw that too, right? Spinning, dancing. But the, the, the part that, that, that got him so excited was the fact that he said, you need to take that step. And as you take that step, God will meet you there. Ooh, that's powerful because it hit me and I was like, whoa, it, it's so true. Everything that I've ever done in my life, even in marriage, even in parenting was a step of faith. Nobody's never said you're going to be a dad. And one day when you be a dad, this is how it's done. It was a blind walk. But the fact that I was able to take that step, God met me. He met me. And. That's pretty much my life story. <laughs> I don't want to go deep into details with that because that's not the message. But the message about passion, I think, is very important for the body right now. Everybody's talking about it. And it was, it's so, it, you were on point. It was so on point. And that's why I think that the, the move of God just came so powerfully. Number one, because you're also a preacher. But number two is because this is what people need to hear. The fact is that your, your destiny... And your, what's that word, purpose, has everything to do with your passion. Like, ask yourself this question. Why do you get up at, in the morning? What makes you get up? And I went around my house, and I asked that question in my house. Got different answers. My, you know, my wife said, I get up to go to work. <laughs> and then I said, no, no, really, what is the true reason? Why do you go to work? She goes, for my family, for my kids. That's passion. Today, I really want to speak about passion with intention. It's the title of my message. It's a good title. It's not the reaction that I was expecting, because I was expecting people to, oh, I'm passion with intention. People running out. It's okay. I'm a dreamer. Let me dream. It's all right. It's okay. It's, you know, let me dream. And listen, in my mind right there during worship, I was seeing all types of stuff. I was like seeing people jumping, leaping, running, high-fiving. That's just how my brain works. But passion with intention. And I just want to have seven points about what kills passion. Um, I got this actually from a book that my pastor gave me, like about two years ago, um, that Rick Warren wrote. And um, it speaks about the seven killers of passion. Because how many know your passion can die? <laughs> yeah, it could. Before I start it, if you can just put that on the screen for me, please. The E-Team. By the way, give a hand of applause to the E-Team. They're great. Who moves that fast to do a slide with the time that we all just came up with and then focus on it? I mean, that is amazing. That is talent. When you, when you have time, put it up. Um, Pastor was also talking about in his message last week was about that the God wants to restore. God wants to restore. There's many things in my past, there's many things in my life that the enemy has stolen from me. There's things that the enemy has stolen even from Naisha. 
stolen that relationship that she can have with her father. But how many of you know that God is into restoring that? He's not into taking it away. He's into restoring it. And I know that for a fact because when I grew up without a dad, I came into a church that had a loving father. And I was able to learn through the pastor, through the many ministers, through the many teachers in this church, how to become a man. And God really wants to let you know in this season, I believe in this Christmas season, because a lot of us, as we get into December, for some reason, we do like a shift in our mind. And a lot of us that are, are driven with, 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 um, with rigorous passion go to a halt because we begin to process our whole year. A whole year. And then we get into like this space of thinking what you could have done, what you should have done, what could have happened, what didn't happen. But I'm in this like space with Christ right now, with God, that he's showing me. It's like, listen, even if it doesn't happen, what I'm doing is greater than what you can even think or imagine. You know, you focus on these things that are stopping your joy, is stopping your passion, and while you're focused on that, you're missing the point. You know, you're, you're missing the point. And, and um, I, I think even Brandon spoke about it on Friday too when he was speaking about perspective and how important perspective is to your walk when you're dealing with adversity. And the mind is a powerful thing. It, it, can, it can shift you. It can cause you to hate. And it can also cause you to love. It can, um, Pastor Noel, when he came here, he was talking about how there's different compartments in your brain. And, you know, we use like about 10%, if I'm, am I right, Pastor, of our brain on a, on a daily basis? About 10%. And when you focus your, your, your energy on the things that you didn't do, you're already using about 5% of that 10%. That's crazy on the fact that you couldn't get something accomplished. And then what happens is that you no longer focus on what you could do with what you got. And then you miss that point. You miss the boat. And, like, my whole thing, I started doing um, Wednesday night prayer, and I've been telling them, uh, whoever comes on a Wednesday, I always say it. I said, I do not want to miss the boat. I don't want to miss the boat. I don't. Because if I miss the boat, I don't know what God can do. I don't know what he's going to, how is he going to position me? How is he going to use me for his glory? There's some times where I'm nervous to come up here because I feel like I'm going to fail. But if I don't take that step, I will never be, I will never see it. I will never see it. And then I miss that opportunity. And this, this all passion it involves everything. It involves even forgiveness for some of your family members. You know, in a season where there's supposed to be love, you know, you still want to hold on to the, to the guilt or, or to the hate or to the frustration that somebody else did to you. And I'm, I'm not only talking to you, I'm talking to me. There's, there's people that I have to forgive even if I didn't want to forgive them. But how many of you know that God wants us to move in love? In Mark 12, 30, 31, it says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. That's a big command. With all of your heart. With all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, 
This is the first commandment. So it's a command from God. And when you read it in the Bible, it's in that red lettering. And if you know that it's in red lettering, Jesus said it himself, which means you better do what that says. It's in red. And when I was talking to Minister Brandon a couple of weeks ago, we was watching the Conor McGregor fight. And we was talking about a conversation popped up. We was talking about heart. And um, he told me, he goes, you know what a heart is, right? I was like, yeah, it's in your chest, pumps blood, goes up to your body. He's like, no, man, you don't know what a heart is? I was like, nah. He was like, a heart is not a limb, it's not an artery, it's a muscle. It's a muscle. And the funny thing about a muscle is that it could be developed. But then it could also be underdeveloped. How many of you know about flabby? You know? How many of you guys see those ripped people like on Facebook and Instagram? They're looking good, right? And what God is saying there is that the, 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 the connection that you have to have with me has to be a working relationship. Pastor also spoke about faith without works is dead. Relationship without God is nothing if you don't work on the relationship. It took 12 years. And I can tell you, some of the things that Naisha did to me was not fair. <laughs> it just wasn't fair. And there was times where I was just like, I can't do it. But it was the love that I had, not only for her, but for the entire family that I couldn't just say no. I couldn't say I quit. It was the love. But it was a development. It ain't happened perfectly all in one shot. It took some tears. It took some frustration. It took some fights. I put a hole in my wall. One time arguing with Aisha. Transparency is okay. Don't be mad. I'm, you know... They're like, oh, my God, he is not a Christian. Come on. <laughs> Who does that? That's, I'm human. Come on. I'm still growing. I'm still developing. I make mistakes. But the fact that I don't give up is the point. And the fact that when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to say, it's a new day. It's a new season. A fresh anointing is coming my way. A season of power, of prosperity. It's a new season, and it's coming to me. And I'm trying not to sing it. Because some of you probably like, like oh, he's going to sing again? I don't care. When I sing, it's my passion. I, I mean, I'm not a, I don't have a passion to be a worship leader. I got a passion to sing worship to God. I'm a praiser. I know that when I do that, I'm using my, my, the weapons that God has equipped me with to overcome. So get mad if you want to, but I'm overcoming with you or without you. I'm going to do what I got to do. So I'm going to sing the glories on to God. I'm going to do it. And get ready because you're going to start seeing a radical Nate. I'm going to start unveiling that bad boy again. I give you permission to come back out, bro. He's been in the shell for a long time. But it's a season that people need to see that God is real. And instead of being in a season of hiding, expose God for what he is doing, the amazing things that God is doing in our lives. And trust me, this is not the only thing that's happening that's great in the church. Many of you have many stories. But the fact is, you're not taking that step to share it. And somebody might need to hear it. Somebody needs to hear it. Take the step. 
That's why I get encouraged when, I, when I'm leaving church and Cynthia's in the back and she kicks me out every single time when she's having membership classes. And she comes at me strong. But I'm so happy and proud of her because when I look at the room, it's full of people that are taking the step to become a member in this church. That's a big step. It's a big commitment. But I'll tell you that in that commitment, in that step, God will restore things in your life. Come on. In Joel 2.25, he says, I will restore what the locusts have ate, what the kinkerworm ate, what the palmerworm ate. Everything that the enemy has taken from you, he said, I'm going to give it back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. You got to get excited about that. Because I, when I think about those verses, I think about those times where I was sleeping on the roof. <laughs> and then now I fast forward to right now and I'm like, "Woo, glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Seriously. Because God, ever since I met him, he's been just doing things that, seriously, it's been amazing. And I'm not being cocky. I'm not boasting. What I'm saying is that I'm really boasting. I'm boasting in God and the fact that he's amazing. And when you take the steps of faith, he will open up those doors. Open up those doors. Come on. And pastor was talking about giving. I don't even think he should even push that hard. You should already know that when you give on to God, he will give on to you. Come on. It shouldn't be a push for that. Come on. What is money? It comes and goes. It comes and goes. I, you know what's funny? I turned on BX12 yesterday because I want to look at the weather so I can make sure I, you know, my fit is right for church. And um, they have a calendar to how many days you have left to go shopping before, thing, before Christmas. So why, why is it wrong for the church to ask for funds to keep this thing going? What's the difference? At least you get to meet the pastor. Have you ever met Michael Kors? I still don't even know how he looks. Oh, come on. I'm going to preach it today. I ain't going to play with the enemy no more. I get frustrated. You know what I'm saying? I didn't hear what she said. What she said? I didn't hear it. Yeah, man. I'm trying not to come on my shell. I'm trying to be like, you know, take it easy because I get full, I get, I get hype. But um, put that image up. So through passion and through purpose, and, and you know, I got to give credit to McDowell because I was working in a, in a passport place. I was out of purpose. I was doing that for so many years and I was miserable at it. I was like unhappy. Passion was not being used. My passion is to work with youth. I love the youth. You understand? Like, I like to see them grow and develop and push them and, and see when they pass a test and that joy that comes in their face. It does something for me when I'm able to fulfill something in their life, whether that's buying them a bacon, egg, and cheese or, you know, a chopped cheese in the morning, whatever it could do, right, to just put a smile on their face because sometimes there's no parent in the house. And, and, and that's the thing. My passion is to be that, that like, answered prayer. I want to be the answer to your prayer. That's my passion. Because when I was alone, I didn't have nobody to go. And then when I met God, he fulfilled every single need. And then some. So what you're looking at right now is a kid that came from 183rd and Garden Street, um, had a broken home, 
was in Ritalin pills, was considered to have diagnosis of I don't even know how many stuff. You know, attitude problem. People will look at me and say, you ain't going to be nothing. I went to school and teachers laughed. Kids threw paper at me. I had stink clothes, holes in my socks. It's a bad situation. And, and 10 years ago, and I said this on a Wednesday prayer, 10 years ago, November 23rd, 10 years ago, don't know the day, I'm not good at math, but I was in a hospital bed shot. Shot. 10 years ago. My life could have been taken away. You would have seen no name. It would have been sad. I know, I know, I know. Man, that would have been a disaster, Lord. But I'm pretty sure I would have been in heaven turning up. <laughs> he would have been like, because <laughs> man, when I go to heaven, I'm going to have so much fun. I'm telling you, I'm going to turn up. Get ready. <laughs> but it would have been a disaster. I would have never, you, you would have never had Michaela. You never would have seen the joy in Aisha's face. You, there's certain things that you do, your presence makes a difference. So I was at work, and um, I got an email from the New York Times saying that they wanted to interview me. I don't know where they got my info from. I don't know where they even heard of me from. But apparently there's people talking about me. <laughs> How many know that there's somebody talking about you? Whether it's good or bad, they're talking. Hey, man, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good. Hey, take it for what it's worth. And, um, you know, they came to my job. They interviewed me. They met with my principal. Um, the, the title of the, of the, of the, I guess, what do you call it, interview? What do you call it? The article, thank you so much, is how a Bronx parent coordinator placed peacemaker between families and staff. That's pretty dope. I mean, coming, considering where I've come from and where I've been to what God is doing now, it's an amazing thing. Let me just take a quick second to praise him. Thank you, God. You are worthy of all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. He is so good. He is so good. Read it. It's pretty cool. My, my, my boss says some cool stuff in there. A parent um, says some cool stuff in there. This guy just walked around the building and just collected information from whoever. So everybody, you know, in the building said good, good praises about me. That's pretty good. I'll take that. You know, Back in the day, it wasn't like that. When you said my name, they'd be like, we ain't talk about that short Spanish kid over there with the gun that be coming. That's what the response was. But now it's like, I come with this like sense of encouragement now. When the kids see me, they light up. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Go ahead, mama. God, you're good. Nah, listen, it's not about me. Like, everything is going up. Like, honestly, like, I want to be that living example to people that when they see, they go, I know God is alive. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't really do nothing for me when people talk about it. Honestly, I I don't like it, you know? But the fact of the matter is, I I still want to be that person that just overcomes. And I want people to see it. 
Like, I, I don't know if that, that makes any sense, but I want you to f- be like that too. If, if, if that raise or if that position is too big, go for it. Who's telling you you can't get it? Who's telling you you can't get it? Nobody. If you got a business idea, who's telling you you can't open the business? What information you're receiving? And this is the thing. When you think about all the disaster, all the things that didn't work out this year, focus on the fact that God can do anything. (laughs) And there's nothing impossible for him. Nothing. Nothing. You know, Melanie spoke like maybe like about a month ago when she gave a testimony. And I remember, I think I came up here for an offering, and I said, I'm going to start praying for an increase. I'm going to start standing and praying for an increase. God, I want an increase and demanding it. How many of you know that whatever you ask for, if you believe it by faith, you shall receive it? I'm radical like that. Like, I, I be asking for some crazy things. Some things I don't get. Like, I asked for a spaceship one time. I didn't get it. <laughs> it, wasn't that t- it wasn't the season yet, but it's all right. I'm going to still stand and believe. Listen, my boss came up to me and said, listen, I, I, I can't give you much, but I'm going to give you something. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some retro pay all the way from September to December. I'll take that. Michael Kors, get ready. I'm going to make it. Yo. Yo, you was a mess for that, baby. I'm sorry. You was- <laughs> took me off my whole thing. <clears throat> All right, prop time. Because I'm almost done. So, I got it. It's just sweat went in my eyes. I feel like Minister Tony right now. Um, so, passion. In Romans, in Romans 12, 11, 13, it says, Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfast, in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. This is the message for the season. We should give in hospitality. Open up your doors again to your family. Open up your heart again to the ones that hurt you. Because the verse right after this in 13, it says, love the people that persecute you. Oh, that's a hard thing in a season like this. <laughs> that's a hard thing in a season like this. Love those that persecuted you. But the thing that I really want to talk about is fervent in prayer. I mean, fervent in spirit. Meaning, the definition of it is having or displaying a passionate intensity. Having or displaying a passionate intensity. And this is something that I'm teaching my basketball players. I coach a middle school basketball team. And I always talk to them about when you do something, you do it. Number one, to the best of your ability, but you give it your 100%. You don't do nothing cutting corners. You don't cut a corner. Because eventually that's going to catch up to you when you cut a corner. And, you know, in middle school, that's a very important thing for them to understand. That's going to help them out in life. When, when, when you run a suicide, you do it to the best of your ability. When you run a sprint, you do it to the best of your ability. Why? Because eventually when the season starts and we're down by two points and it's the fourth quarter and you're tired, that sprint that you did to the best of your ability is going to kick in. That, that, that lap, extra lap that you put in, that extra mile that you ran, 
that extra time that you gave reading your word, that extra worship that you do early in the morning before you go to work, eventually all that is going to kick in. And that's the passion. And that's what drives you. And that, that's what pushes you. That's what ignites you. That's what gets you hype. That's what gets you ready. That's what gets you hype. That's what makes you feel joy. That's what gives you that desire to come to church. That's what gives you that desire to pray for somebody that's sick. That's what gives you that desire to lift up your hands and worship. That's what gives you that desire to give freely and to give joyfully. It's the passion that you have for Christ. It's the passion that you have for your family. It's the passion that you have in your job. It's what pushes you. It's what drives you. That's what passion is. That's exactly what passion is. It's pushing yourself. It's not stopping. It's not quitting. It's pushing. And when you think about it and you reflect and you do your reflections before January 1st, think about the fact that you never quit. Even if there was disaster, even if there was things that stopped you and there was halts and there was times where you didn't have enough, think about the fact that you never quit. And, and this is the thing. A lot of people, they're counting you out, but God is counting you in. <laughs> God is counting you in. Some people are like, they're never going to make it. They're never going to achieve anything. They're never going to, the business is never going to grow. And God is saying, just keep trusting in me. Keep, come on, come on. Keep paying your tithes. Keep believing in me. Keep pushing. Keep desiring me. Keep serving a church. Keep serving a community. Keep smiling. Keep giving high fives. Keep being joyful. Don't be mad. Don't be angry. As long as you keep doing that, I'm making a way for you. Trust me. I am making a way where there is no way. I'm doing it for you because you love me. And I know that I can trust you because you're showing me that you can love me through a time when you don't have. Now I know when I give it to you, you're going to love me in a time that you do have. And now I can trust you, son and daughter. I can do things in your life, and I can do the bigger thing in your life because I can trust you with the small, now I can trust you with the big. I don't know how that just came out, but that was dope. And what happens is that your passion, you, you have, it, number one, passion is an emotion. So you can choose to use it or not. It's kind of like you choose to smile. It's kind of like you choose to be happy. You choose to be mad. You can choose to be passionate. So the same way that pastor souls, I want you to bring a gift and thanks and, and Christmas day. You can choose not to bring it. That's your, that's, that's your doing. But if your passion is in the right place, that's not even a question because I'm giving to a God is going to multiply what I give. Who? It's so funny because when I started tithing, I started tithing with $10. Then it went up. And not only did it go up when I was giving, it went up in my receiving. Who? Not only did it go up in the financial aspect and even where I live, it went up in the receiving aspect when I read the word. Anyway, you might not have got that. You get that small. <laughs> what happens is that your passion... I hope everybody can see this. All right. You got two different types of passion. Just like you got two different type of people. You know, you get Batman, but then you get the Joker. You're <laughs> like, why does Nate think like that? He's like so... I wish that I could think different, right? If you were like more like fancy with the words, but I don't have it, so I'll give you what I got. 
So you get, you get the Batman and you get the Joker. Some people have passion not to do anything. That's a bad thing. The seven killers. Let's go to that. One of the seven killers of your passion could be an unbalanced schedule. One of the seven killers to your passion can be an unbalanced schedule, which means, in definition, you can either work too much and overwork yourself till you have nothing left, or, on the flip side of that, some of you are not working enough. And that's also a bad thing. It kills passion when you're not active, when you're not doing. It kills it. For the sake of time, I'm not going to go through verses because I talk a lot and I, I want to make sure that I got enough to finish this out. So bear with me. If you want notes, I email it to you or follow me at Nate's underscore worlds. I need more followers. Amen? <laughs> joking. Who did that laugh? Who did that? That was funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's okay to have fun at church, guys. It's fine. Take your church max off. Number two, an unused talent. Man, when you have talent that is not used, it will kill your passion. It will kill your joy. Trust me. It happens to me all the time because, you know, I love to speak. I love to preach. And sometimes when I don't get an opportunity to do it for a long period of time, I get, I get, I get flustered. Like, I get, I wouldn't say angry, but it's kind of like, man, like, I want to, but I can't. So an unused talent is bad. And sometimes it, it brings me in a shell. I have to f- figure out ways to work myself through that. So if I'm not going to say anything in the church, then I'll go preach at my job. I didn't know that in the beginning. I didn't. If I can't preach at my job, I'll talk to the kids at after school, and then I'll preach in after school, in, in a basketball practice. You got to find your outlet. There might not be room in a Sunday service for you every single Sunday. So find your outlet. But don't let the talent... Go without being used. Like, if you can sing, then get up here and sing. (laughs) If you can preach, then preach. If you can teach, then teach. We need teachers. Do you want to say it again? Come on. We need teachers. I'm not a great teacher. But I'll do it because I'm doing it onto God. We need more. So if you do it in the world, come through, please. We need your professionalism in the church. With God, you, you, you know what you do? You take the worldly talent, you bring it here, you let God go in, and then boom, you get an explosion for greatness. But if it's not being used, it's a bad thing. A number, n- number three is get rid of the guilt. Get rid of the guilt. Whatever you did in your past, let it go. It's over with. God has cleansed you. Once you come into um, who God is, Man, he, he washes you from the top of the crown all the way to the soles of your feet. He cleanses you. Let it go. Stop sobbing over the things that you did four years ago. It's no longer important. It's not even valuable anymore. What, what matters is now. What you're doing now. I could easily be soaking about the fact that I don't have a dad and miss the opportunity to be a father to somebody that belongs to me that's in my presence on a daily basis. I don't got time for that. The only thing I got time for is to do what I got to do every single day. And I don't have no time to be feeling guilty for myself. I got too much to do. Too much to do. Get rid of the guilt. Get rid of it. Let it go. Ask God for forgiveness. Put a hand in your head like I do sometimes in the service and I mess up. 
And I'd be like, Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me with your blood. I believe that, that God, you, you, you are here to forgive my sins, Lord God. I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. Please come back into my life. Help me out. Pray for yourself. You don't need a minister. You don't need some anointing oil. You can do that in a train, in a corner store, in a, wherever you're at. You can pray for forgiveness. God has no limits. There's no barriers with Christ. There's no time up there. How much time do I have? I don't, I don't want to go over because I struggle with this. Thank you, Cynthia. Eight minutes. Can you keep me on point, please? I love that woman. I don't know. Like, and something I said, I'd go. I'll be like, no. I'll be like, oh, man. I'm doing to give a little jab. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Number four, an unresolved conflict. I was sharing about that earlier. Open up your home. Make a dinner. Have them come in and kill them with the kindness. In the words, like, kill them with the flow. Kill them with the kindness. Tito laughed because he knows the song that I'm talking about, too. That's why he's laughing. Hand side, kill them with the flow. It's not like that, right? I don't know. As As I continue to grow, my swag is, like, running away. I have none anymore. It's so funny. The other day, there was a parent yelling at me in the lobby. And you know how um, Jessica said that she thinks about pastor all the time? I do too. There's some things that you, you just pick up from people that you're around all the time. So the other day, a parent was yelling at me, and I did the pastor. I don't know if you've ever seen pastor like when he's like, not mad, but he's like, you know, he's in that space. So he goes like this. He's like cherry red right now. Got him. <laughs> Yo, I did it to the T. And, and it's funny because she was upset and I just started dying. Because I was like, oh, snap, I just did a pasta. And everybody's looking at me like, why is he dying? Oh, I just couldn't stop crying. I was laughing. Whatever. She got mad. I don't care. You can't please everybody. Um, an unresolved conflict. Man. Take care of it. Fix it quickly. Forgiveness is a big step to your growth. It's a big step to your purpose. It's a big step to your prosperity. The pastor says it all the time. When you, when you don't forgive somebody, you're holding them in contentment. You're holding them in a cell. When you forgive them is when you let them go. You release them and you release yourself also. So do it quickly. Whether it's a brother, cousin, I don't know, sister, whatever. Let it go. Friend, son-in-law, somebody says son-in-law, let it go. Let it go. Seriously, life is too short. People come and go every day. Don't, don't hold that hate, and then they're gone, and you can never release that, you know? And then you got to go through a whole other level of deliverance and things like that. So come on. Get rid of that. Let it go. Call, send a text, do something. Number five, an unsupported lifestyle. When you have a lifestyle that is not supported and is not being encouraged, it, it bothers you. People need to be supported. People need to be acknowledged. People need to say, thank you for the hard work that you're doing. Tito, you're an awesome armor bearer. I appreciate you. You crack me up with the jokes that you say when you're armor bearing. Thank you for your work. Thank you, usher team. Thank you, worship team, for the wonderful work that you do every single Sunday. I appreciate you. Thank you, pastor, for the things that you do for us that we may not see or understand how hard it is to run a church. Thank you, Pastor Gwen, for having to be by his side all the time because that's a hard thing, too. Thank you. 
Come on, turn to your neighbor to say, thank you for being who you are. Thank you. I love you. Just turn around and be like, I love you. Now, if that's somebody's wife, you might not want to do that. Because Tito is here. Nobody say nothing to call me. We'll punch you in the face. All right, number six. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm trying to control myself. Pastor's like, All right, number six, an unclear purpose. You, an unclear purpose. One of the, the first books that Pastor gave me when, um, when, 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 you know, when he started putting me under his ring was about purpose. A Purpose-Driven Life by Rick Rowan. Woo! What a powerful book. It is so important to know who you are. Know your purpose. Know what direction you want to go. Don't be that person that wants to do everything and be good at nothing. Focus on what you can do. Focus on what you can do. And master that bad boy and watch things happen. I can't go deep into detail. I only got like three minutes. An unnourished spirit will kill your passion. If you're not feeding your spirit, if you're not talking to your spirit, if you're not asking God to come into your life, if you're not asking God to, to give you strength. And the Bible says that through our weakness, his strength is made whole. I was once weak, but now I'm strong. I was once poor, but now I'm rich. You got to be able to feed your spirit with Christ. You got to encourage yourself in the Lord. You got to be around fellowship. That's why it's important to come to church on a Wednesday for prayer. On a Friday night live, baby. And on a Sunday where you're being fed spiritual meat. Because sometimes your souls, your souls, if, if you used to take a picture of your soul and you didn't go to church for five weeks, it'd be like. <laughs> it'd be like a, It'd be like the stiff figures that my daughter be drawing in school. Because <laughs> you're not feeding it. You got to feed it. I got two more minutes. I'm going to make it count. Passion lights up. You got the good passion. You got the bad passion. Like I said, it's a decision that you make. You got that decision whether it's going to be good or bad. So just to cancel out the bad one, I'm going to blow this candle out. Because you're not supposed to be operating in hate. Especially if you're a believer. Now you got your good passion. Now the problem with the good passion is that you can be on fire for Christ. But if you're not coming to church, if you're not sitting under accountability, it's important. Thank you. If you're not sitting under that, if you're not feeding your spirit, if you're not worshiping and praising him, then you're in a vulnerable state of passion. Because as you can see, the Bible says that when the storm comes and the wind blows, if you're not standing, the wind could take your house. The same way that when the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, he can take your passion. And if you're not under the covering of God, you're Intense passion can be blown out. And the only way that you know that you can protect your true passion and your true desire is if you're abiding under the shadow of the Most High. And then what happens is that, I hope this don't burn my finger, Lord. No, it was actually pretty cool. What happens is that you get this candle where you're operating, you're moving. 
However, you're still vulnerable. The enemy can come in, he can hit you because you're trying to do it the right way, but you're not doing it with God. And then the wind comes, the storm comes, and now you find yourself in the cave. I went on my finger. Now you find yourself in a cave because you're not doing it with God in the equation, with God in the formula. And then now you get this because, you know, God is a big God. And then now what happens is that when you are in Christ, mm, storms may come, winds may blow, people may talk. Money might not be the right way, but no matter what happens, your passion will never die. It will never be blown away because now you're doing it not only with yourself, but you're doing it with God. And you're allowing him to cover you, to protect you, to love you, to hold you down. No matter what is happening, your light will never die off. Your passion will never dwindle away because you're doing it with Christ with you. And the enemy doesn't want you to get to this point. He wants you to be that vulnerable candle that you're doing it, but you're doing it alone. You're working, but you're working alone. And what God is trying to say is that, listen, that's all fine and dandy. I know you got talent. I know you can sell 150 copies of your CD because you can sing. But you're doing it in the wrong direction. You're going the wrong way because when the media starts to talk about you, now you're completing, now you're, now you're thinking about suicide and now you're thinking about other things because you're not evolving me in the equation. And you can get all the money in the world and you can do many great things, but if you're not doing it with God, for God, then what's the point? And what Pastor was saying on Friday night was, You need to take that step and use your talent, use your skill, not only for Calvary Christian Fellowship and whatever business or organization you're a part of, but do it onto God with a passion and a rigorous passion, a passion that has intention. Like, I want to show people that I am a believer. Like, I want to show people that I love God and that God loves me. I want people to see that he can do greater things. And then then when you do it, you do it under his covering. 